Hey everyone, this is Patrick and you're listening to the Phileas Club, episode number 4 for July 29th, 2008. The French hate money. Hello friends and listeners, this is the Phileas Club, the show where we talk about world news and we try to give you the perspective from different countries and we are going to have a couple of great guests uh, with, uh, with me today and the first one you probably already know if you listened to this show before, it's Turkey uh, who was here with us uh, two shows ago. Uh, Turkey is a uh, Saudi who has uh, the wonderful blog A Saudi Life at asaudilife.net how are you, Turkey, today? Are you uh, feeling great as usual? Yep, everything is great right here. Just trying to finish my classes and go back home. So you're still in the U.S. at the moment, right? Yeah, until the end of August. So you're going back to Saudi Arabia when you, once you're done with your studies? Yep, exactly. Okay. Well, the other guest is uh, someone that you might already know from somewhere else if you've ever watched uh, the Totally Rad show, uh, which is a show on uh, Revision 3. You know, obviously, Jeff Kanada who is, uh, was nice enough to join us this month. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing very well. Uh, I, I shall endeavor to not uh, reinforce the stereotype of an ignorant American, although I, <laughs> I fear that I may not be uh, up to speed on as many topics as, uh, as you two um, intelligent gentlemen. You're too late, Jeff. <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> you, you're from California, right? Yes, I grew up in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay, so you know, if, if, you, if you feel like you, you're getting a little bit uh, uh, out of it, you can say, oh, you know, we're Californians, we just like to surf and do nothing else, so that's why. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say dude a lot. Then, yeah, yeah, there you go. Now, now, Jeff, you don't have that right. Apparently, <laughs> most of the people I know in San Francisco are intelligent people. You have Berkeley no. there, so you can well, have no well, right I've, to... <laughs> I've, moved, I've moved down to Los Angeles, so all, ah. of my, all of my intelligence leaked out my car as I was driving down. <laughs> all right, that, okay, that, now, now you have an excuse. <laughs> okay, I think we have uh, offended our American listeners uh, enough for the introduction, so we'll move on to offend other people in the international news uh, segment of the show. Let's go right now. And so, for the international news, we have one piece of news that's, uh, I, that I think is going to be very interesting. Um, it's the uh, news of, well, the French president, Mr. Sarkozy, uh, did something quite interesting for his uh, beginning, uh, the beginning of his uh, presidency at the EU, as uh, people no, of course, uh, the presidency of the EU is a rotating uh, presidency, and we have the chair for uh, six months now. And it's not really as president of the EU, but uh, he started uh, a project when he first became president, which is to create a union for the Mediterranean, which is a union where he will uh, uh, bring together all the countries from around the Mediterranean Sea, 
meaning, of course, all the Arab countries and uh, Israel. So he wants to bring them together along with France, of course, and, uh, and the uh, European countries. He wants to bring them together in first, I guess, a, uh, an economic union. I think the idea is to bring inc economic uh, interests together so that the uh, those countries who have been at war, of course, for a long time, have a vested interest in working together and down the line, it might be a very long road, but down the line, help the, the, the peace process in the Middle East, uh, which it's one of the of the goals of that union. So the first step in that uh, in that union was to, um, I guess, before they announced the union itself, they got together a few countries that were uh, very antagonistic uh, until very recently. So a couple of weeks ago, I guess, he brought Syria, Lebanon and uh, France and uh, uh, Israel together at the same table to start talking and that might not be a lot but it felt to me at least in France it was regarded as a huge step uh, the, the first um, reaction was uh, that you know we shouldn't be speaking to Syria because they are bad people of course but then, he, when he actually managed to get them uh, to sit down with uh, the Lebanese president and uh, the Israeli uh, prime minister, everyone sort of started looking at this and thinking, huh, maybe there's, there's something here. So that first step led to uh, Israel being present at the uh, announcement of the, the, Mediterranean, uh, the Union for the Mediterranean. Um, which is, I think, 22 uh, countries around the sea and all of the European Union. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is that it's, it's one of the first times that we have a different kind of hope in uh, peace talks for that region. That's, that's the feeling we got uh, in France. Uh, so, of course, I was very interested to know what you got, uh, what the impression you got uh, from Saudi Arabia, Turkey. So, how did you feel about that? Um, when, when we're talking about this, uh, I would like always, and I always do that on my show, I try to separate my personal views of those, what I think is the views of the population back in Saudi. So, uh in general, the views are, and my personal view is, all I'm seeing is Sarkozy trying to emphasize the role of France in the area, fighting back the American uh, influence. They are losing a lot of influence in the area, and this is one way France getting back into the area and getting their influence back. As a general view, and back in Saudi Arabia, this is not is seen as an attempt by uh, France trying to get into the region and France has always been seen as an ally for Lebanon and Syria so their meeting mm -hmm. with Lebanon and Syria is nothing new it's always been known that France is Lebanon and Syria are part of uh, in a way uh, allies yeah. with uh, France so 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 I guess it's you see you see that as a more when I say you I mean uh, in Saudi Arabia you see that as a more with a more cynical uh, view of it it's it's you know, I, I mentioned peace maybe three or four times in, in my description of the process. Um, you don't think that's going to give anything, or you don't even think that's the reason why he's doing it? One of the reasons, at least? Uh, peace is a complicated thing, and, and, and to be honest, 
if he gets peace, it's, it's only for a political reason to get his influence in the area. That's what everybody believes. Nobody yeah. believes he's looking for peace just because he wants peace. Well, I don't know. I guess, it, it, you know, peace is good for, for uh, the economic uh, climate also. If you start having exchange in, in the exchanges uh, in the region, um, actually, actually, peace is not good for economic climate. Trust me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I, I because see what you're at. because if there's peace, these people can deal with each other and they can put shun France on the side. Right now, France is in the middle, so it can sell to both parties, and and they don't trade with each other. So it's having the upper hand. Okay, yeah, I, I guess it's true. But on the other hand, I have to say that for all the optimism uh, that we heard, and it might be me that's very optimistic, and or at least starting to hope uh, that something might be possible if they do indeed get the, the economic aspect of it together, um, we still had a lot of uh, uh, commentators saying that this is a nice step, it's a nice um, uh, start, But every, what everyone is actually waiting for in the region is the American election because the big dog is the U.S. And nothing is going to happen without the U.S. saying yes or no to anything. Which brings me to Jeff. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I find this all fascinating. I mean, I, I think that from the American perspective, I mean, all, we're getting everything as a, obviously as a filter through what our stake in it is and a lot of as i'm sure we're going to talk about more uh, later on a lot of the news lately has been filtered through how obama fits into all of this and uh the last bit of news i've read about about sarkozy and and obama is that is that uh, obama urging iran to take the deal and uh not wait for the next american president that hopefully that this is something that needs to happen and right away um Wow. So it was it was actually a positive uh, seen as a positive uh, thing also um, in the U.S. Or is it just that Obama was rooting for it and uh, the other people I think, didn't care? I think it's the latter rather than the former. But and a lot of the news that I've heard about um, about Sarkozy taking over as uh, EU president has been that it's uh, rocky and and um, a little uh, difficult at the start. And I don't know if that's actually the case. Um, But that's certainly the the filter of news that I'm that I saw was 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 seeing it as sort of an unstable, um, uncertain beginning to his his yeah. reign as president. Well, you know, we only we only have six months, of course, and the um, the we have what is it, twenty five country countries today, maybe even more. You know, I, I don't even know precisely how many countries are part of the EU. So that's that tells you something about how strong it is today. But uh, <laughs> the the you know the Irish vote uh, did put a, a, a big uh, dent in in the process, and on top of that. Our presidency starts with the summer where nothing happens. Uh, well, so. actually, actually, I think there's a big challenge right now between Europe and uh, the U.S. I just read that uh, Euro Europe is threatening that they will impose visas on diplomats and American diplomats and so on unless they provide uh, visa waivers for uh, waivers for the new countries in the EU who are required to have visa to enter the U.S. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it's, uh, I've read about it. It's, it's being a big deal because I think there's 12 countries in, in the European Union that are required, their citizens are required to have visas to enter the U.S. And the EU is demanding that they are treated like the rest of Europe. Oh. So, hey, Jeff, do you see Europe as one entity or do you see, you know, the, the 
uh, really civilized countries like France and Italy and Germany and whatever, and the other guys who are, you know, sort of <laughs> taking it and uh, got yeah, the name I, of Europe. And yeah, I uh, personally, I'm, uh, are you talking about Americans that I know? Personally, well, I, I, yeah. I tend to look at each country individually, and, and it's interesting to, to see it from this perspective of, of the EU and, and how, how that much that has changed even within my lifetime of uh mm. you know how, how that perception or how that that union is is working more as a as a unified force that, that you know of all yeah all of Europe. yeah d did do you see for example do you think that maybe not you but your friends and your your um uh countrymen in general what would they think of the fact that uh, some countries in the eu have to apply for a visa and some people can come from like without you know specifically asking the permission to come is it like yeah you know we need to be uh, wary of terrorists or is it come on we can let them through uh well i tend to have pretty liberal-minded friends <laughs> and, and you Darn know I, I run a you know yeah. you really have to get someone who's a conservative sometime yeah well I, i don't know i don't know if if the uh the internet tends to draw or technology in general tends to draw a more liberal minded i mean the the whole concept of the internet as a uh, the ultimate democracy as a, any yeah. idea uh can flow i think that leads i don't know maybe i'm wrong but maybe i think that leads to a more uh liberal mind the liberal minded people are drawn yeah, to that kind of yeah. place um but so yeah so i think i think We, my friends, the, the the circle that I that I run with, um, I think we're all baffled by that about why there are some people that are allowed and some people aren't, and how that all works. Mm. You know, I think, I think we, um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm more for the uh, I, I believe travel and and open borders are, yeah. are important, but that's you yeah. know. I'm a, I think I think one of the views that most Americans have about Europe when you're asking do they think of it different countries or one country is there there's a game show here uh, Jeff I think you know it who's smarter than a fifth grader yes so, yeah so yeah. they ask one a, a lady who happens to be a graduate a university graduate and they ask her a question was which of these countries is part of Europe so she looks at the host and she said I thought Europe was a country yeah. <laughs> She already failed the question. She hadn't even started. Well, you know, and I think, you know, we, we... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Jeff. I, you know, we have a... a and I don't mean to, to start bagging on uh, an easy target, but we have a president who, who didn't travel much before he became president. And, and I think that that's um, something that I've always envied and admired of Europeans is how, as in their youth... In, in your youth, I should say, uh, you are encouraged to travel. You're encouraged to see other mm. countries, experience other cu cultures, and and granted, it may be a little easier because everything's, you know, there's everything's a little nearer to you yeah, than yeah. it be to us. But um, I think that's a, an unfortunate thing about my country that yeah, young and it's, people it's aren't encouraged to do that. Yeah, it's understandable though because your country is so large in the first place that uh, you know, and it's so self-contained. Also, you, it, it's well, it's it's a whole uh, discussion about uh, being the 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 main power in the world. You don't really need to know about anything else. Whereas <laughs> us poor Europeans, we are. Uh, uh, influenced by uh, American culture, even with uh, music and uh, and movies and stuff like that, it's still an open door on something else. 
and yeah. uh, that that happens because you you have the cultural dominance, and I think it's a good thing for us because we see something else and we see things in a different way. And you guys don't really have to do that. So some people might do it because they want to, but okay, that's a and you know it's interesting. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I don't. I, yeah, just go ahead. Go ahead. Tangentially on that is it's interesting because uh, I don't know how many of your listeners know, know my show, but my show is definitely not about these kinds of issues. It's more about uh, entertainment and um, you know movies and video games and the kinds of things that are often a distraction for that kind of uh, worldview and that kind of, of consciousness. And I often, you know, I think of that fairly fairly often about how w- mm. what is it that I do that is is our show and is my own personal um, interest in those kinds of things uh, detriment to the global consciousness you know is that is that something that is just a distraction i I honestly believe that those things can go hand in hand that you can be um, uh, globally conscious and and aware of what's happening around you and also be interested in these things that are often viewed as distractions but you know I, I think about that a lot about how we as Americans you know are our, our Entertainment culture is sold to the rest of the world, and we are sort of self-obsessed in that way. And we often um, spend time thinking about that to the exclusion of these other uh, these other countries and these other things happening in the world. Well, I, I would definitely agree that you also need to to be interested in other things. But I, I would go even farther than you do um, in in the uh, way that these uh, cultural references give a common ground to many people from different countries. I mean, you go to any country in the world today and you talk about, I don't know, Iron Man or the show mm-hmm. Lost or something like that. Everyone is going to know what you're talking about. Well, okay, I'm saying everyone, maybe not, you know, in in, uh, in Sudan, they have other worries to attend to, obviously. Sure. But, <laughs> you know, it still, it still gives a common ground to a lot of people. And when you talk about the internet, uh, being the ultimate democracy, well, I don't know about democracy, but definitely a forum where everyone can meet from any country. You know, we, I'm sure your listener, your your viewers, are from it, many different countries, and it doesn't yeah. really matter where where they fr- they're from. So, yeah, I find that shocking. I, I mean, I mean, honestly, I find it um, uh, humbling and and shocking how how many people from how, from different countries and all over the world can relate to what is really just the three of us talking about the <laughs> movie we saw, you know, yeah. but, but you're right. That is, that is a unifying thing. That is something that, um, and, and I'm curious as to how the two of you feel about it being so American and so, so that our culture is, is in a lot of ways is that unifying thing. And that we seem to not, it's not a two way street for, for mm. us in a lot of ways. You take this, sorry, for his Turkey. Um, uh, actually, yeah, the, the thing is, the U.S. did have an advantage, so they went in, and maybe one of the biggest advantages, and they still have, is the openness of the Internet right now. So, uh, they have the, this big thing about Internet n- nichara, n- nichara, I, fr- I lost my English, oh man. Neutrality, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the word. So, <laughs> so that's a big uh, deal in the U.S. As soon as that's taken away, then a lot of the advantages the U.S. would have on in, online, they will start losing that, and and really, it's that's the biggest advantage. Anybody can do whatever they want. In, mo- in most countries, everything is controlled in one way or, or another. If you go to China, which is just announced that they have now more internet users than the U.S. for the first time ever. Yeah, I heard about now, that. Now, yeah, if you go there, 
their internet's completely censored and there's not that much uh, American internet because they have so much Chinese internet available also. But most of the world doesn't speak Chinese, so it's not popular outside of China as, as Americans is popular outside of America because m many people speak English as English is becoming or is the official international language of the world. But, but do, you, do you resent the fact that America is culturally uh, dominating? The, and I know some people might be uh, you know, wary of the word culturally because it, we're talking about movies and video games, but uh, do you think that uh, it's, it's detrimental that it's a one-way street or do you think, yeah, okay, never mind? Well, to be honest, whether it's a one-way street or not, it's not the fault of the Americans. If they're so good at what they're doing, you can't blame them. It's the fault of the people of the other countries. They need to fight back, produce better, and prove themselves against Americans. I never blame Americans for any of this. Yeah, I guess... That's my, a very, my... very capitalistic view. <laughs> Just make a better product, right? Yeah, just make a better product, and that is a major problem. And to be honest, Americans are not the best at everything. When it comes to internationally, like for example, animation, is Japan. Japan owns the animation market internationally, not the U.S. So it really comes down to what type of product you produce. And I remember we had anime in Saudi Arabia since the beginning, since the 1980s, we had anime. Yeah. And, and it's the ma major animation in Saudi Arabia. And as far as I know, it's the same thing in Europe. Yeah, France was really at the forefront of the anime revolution uh, in the early 90s, I guess, when they really started to get big. But, um, well, okay, we, we really went off on a tangent here. I think at some point we were talking about the Union for the Mediterranean. And, uh, so let's get back <laughs> on topic. Apologies. No, 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 no problem. That was uh, really interesting. But uh, you, you talked about uh, Obama also and uh, how you viewed, you viewed uh, that uh, aspect of his uh, trip. I mean, that, that aspect, that uh, story through his trip throughout uh, Europe. So um, what happened in, in Europe, for people who don't know, uh, is that Obama went on a world tour. He went to the Middle East and to uh, Europe, and he was uh, received as, I don't know, some sort of prophet or something. <laughs> yeah, it's he quite had, yeah, he had like 200,000 people waiting for him at, in Germany. We were quite a few uh, uh, tens of thousands in France also. And so I understand that he made this move to give himself, you know, the image and the legitimacy of, a, of an international uh, politician. And I think, well, obviously Obama is seen in Europe, at least I think, as a... Uh, well, you know, I was saying prophet, but it's almost like that. You know, he's a savior. He's going to save the world from the influence of the neoconservatives that are now in power. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's, it's interesting to me on a side note because um, a lot of people in France re don't really like uh, Sarkozy, our president, because they view him as too conservative or too much to the right. And it's very interesting to me to see how they love Obama because politically... Even though he's a Democrat to the left in the American landscape, Sarkozy and Obama have roughly the same political views, and they hate yeah. one and love the other. So that was going to be my question to you: is that do you th do you think that they, the the acceptance of Obama is uh, irrespective of his his actual positions? Is it just that he is not George Bush, and you know, is is that? Well, it's because he's not George Bush or Hillary Clinton. Trust me on this one. 
Well, I think there's a little bit of that. Obviously, you know, ev- I think anything is better than George Bush at this point. In the, in the, uh, at least in France, you know, we really don't like George Bush. Um, but um, there's also something about Obama. You know, when people say he's uh, Kennedy-esque uh, yes. in a way, I think we feel that uh, quite strongly. That he does. Well, it's not like we know him all that well. As, as I was saying, there's also a little bit. The reason why people think he's the best thing since, since you know, uh, what was it, sliced cheese. Um, sliced bread, yes. Sliced bread. Sliced yeah, bread, there you go. Yes. <laughs> um, is is because of his image and p- if people stopped and uh, and considered his policies uh, i think they would take pause at least and think oh wait I, I really don't like when my president says that but also there's the fact that in context you know in the u.s it's not the same thing so you can't really apply the same standards um, yeah i saw i saw a moment where he had where he was with sarkozy and they uh, he had to remind the people asking him a question that he was not president yet <laughs> which i found to be hilarious <laughs> yeah that, that that's to us he's he's one and yeah. i've heard that so that brings me to my next question about this trip which is um the, the, he he did this so to to basically give give himself a better image as an international uh, politician but i've heard that it's so it's starting to be a disservice to him in the u.s because some people are starting to think that he cares about the Europeans more than about you know us in the U.S. or you guys, and that he's uh, losing points in the in the in the uh, polls. Uh, what's well, that about? I I I hadn't seen that. I, and I but I imagine it to be the case. It's not something that that seems surprising to me. But I think the encouraging thing from my perspective is how much media coverage there has been of this tour that he's on and I, I mean there is so little attention paid in the in the mainstream media to what's happening in other countries the fact that he's going there going around you know and and discussing these things and talking about Iran talking uh, you know talking about the EU talking about some of the the things that we don't cover enough here I think that's exciting and I don't I don't know if um, you know, it may be just be a saturation point, but I, I can't imagine. I think the people that are inclined not to like him are already not going to like him, and anything he does is, is mm. just going to make it worse. Yeah. But um, you know. But did you get did you get the news um, like a, um, a a detailed you know min- uh, of the detail of the minutia he was going through? Like now he took this plane and he went there and he had yeah. this for dinner, or did you actually get into the issues that he was discussing? Ooh, wow. Cell phone. That might be my phone. I'm sorry. Oh, well, that's mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, good. Minute. At least it wasn't me. That's, that's what I was. <laughs> yeah, you get a pass on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think you have a point. Um, I definitely think you have a point there that there is a lot of the the fluff and the uh, the things that don't really matter. Like I've saw tons of coverage of what he's wearing now and and you know and how. <laughs> How did he shake someone's hand or not shake someone's hand, and, and rather than what are the issues that that yeah. we're talking about? But you know, I listen to a lot of NPR, and, and which is the National Public Radio, and it, yes. you know, I think it's as with everything, it's about where you find your your news, and and if you're just watching, um, you know, sort of the the 
fluff yes. pieces. That's what you'll yeah. get. You know, that's what you'll get. But I, I agree I, that it's unfortunate that it's a lot of it is, and I think it's tied to what you what you said before about him being Kennedy esque and and it the mystique of him is mm. so it, it's almost like. And this is very American too, but it's almost like covering, uh, you know, a, a celebrity rather than a politician. It's it's yeah. more about, you know, what is he doing now and who is he talking to and what's he wearing rather than the. Yeah, it's it's like what Fox News called it. He's like a diva. <laughs> yeah, which unbelievable that they would, you know, come on. Okay, we need talking about Fox News. We need to to talk about the terrorist fist bump. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, we do it every week on my show. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, for people who don't know, uh, Barack Obama. Well, t just you can tell the story, Jeff. Well, uh, yes, at a at a speech, I forget which speech it was, where he was, but uh, Bar uh, Barack Obama and his wife um, shared a uh, an affectionate bumping of fists uh, at the end of his one of his speeches, and. Uh, much to my surprise, much of America has never seen that before. Um, <laughs> and they, uh, media picked up and ran with it, and they thought it was some sort of Islamic symbol for death to America. I don't know. It was it was incredibly did, did surprising. Did honestly think that? I, you know, that's a very good question. I don't know sometimes with these things that if people actually believe it or if it's just... It has a life of its own, and the mm. discussion of it becomes the truth rather than people. People are saying it's shocking. No one is actually shocked, but yeah. the fact that people are saying people are shocked becomes it becomes truth. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know. I, I found it to be. Everyone that I know just laughed and laughed. I, I found okay. it to be incredible. Yeah, but you're a bunch of liberals. Yeah, we're a bunch of uh, hippies, you know, tree-hugging hippies. Um, to, to close the topic of Obama in Europe, um, uh, Turkey, how, how did you uh, get the, the coverage of the news in uh, Saudi Arabia? Well, while in the U.S., of course. <laughs> well, uh, as far as I, kn I know, from looking at the news and Saudi news, there almost there was hardly any coverage. Nobody okay, really cared. Care. Okay. No. Not surprising. Okay, let's get to another topic that I really want to uh, talk with you guys about. Uh, it's that uh, apparent possible schism in the Anglican uh, Church. So what happened was that a, I think a part of uh, a few churches um, ordained some gay priests, priests who were uh, openly gay, and uh, the, there's no central authority in, uh, in the Anglican Church. I believe, I'm not an expert on that topic, but uh, they had a council and a part of the, the, the uh, higher uh, members of the council were not very happy with that and uh, a part of the council was very happy with that. So they are threatening at the moment to uh, separate from one another and to create a schism in the Anglican Church. So the reason why I'm really interested about uh, your reaction, hearing your reactions to that, um, and especially to hear how it was uh, uh, approached in your countries, is that France is, is not a very religious country. You know, we are um, obviously a Christian country at, its, at our core, um, but it's not like religion is a big part of our daily lives or our politics or anything like that. And obviously, uh, Saudi Arabia is, uh, a very, is an Islamic country and America is a very Christian country uh, on its whole, I guess. Of course, there are different parts. But um, sure. So let's go with uh, Turkey first. Well, first, let me clarify the story for you. 
The thing okay, is, thank you. That, yeah, because the the story is a little older. The, there, there's a church in Boston that uh, had a homosexual uh, priest take, yeah, take over the church. Yeah, that's, that's the old that's, news. The new part of the story is not about homosexuality. It's about women becoming priests. Yeah. That's what I understand, too. Oh, yeah. right. No, but... Uh, bishops, not priests. Bishops. Bishops. Bishops, okay. yeah. So it's about women being bishops. And then the problem was uh, arose that they are oh, talking about... For some reason, I'm being popular today. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a completely telemarketer. Okay. <laughs> so, Tell him you're talking to the world. Uh, <laughs> what is he telling? I have no idea. I don't care. <laughs> it's going to answer him any moment. So, okay. uh, so they have the, the problem was how far are they going to allow women into the church? And that's the division. And the extremists don't want women in the church. And the liberals, more moderate people, are accepting women. So when it comes to us, of course, we don't care that much. It's Christian problems. <laughs> it's, their, it's, 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 it's the Christians' problems. It's their problem. But when we look at it, and what majority of Saudis would say, you know what? That's just proof that Christianity is a corrupt religion. Is a corrupt it's religion? Corrupt. Yeah, because what, for, uh, for us, because for us, homosexuality is completely anti-religious. Uh, wow. Women being religious leaders is, is against our belief. So it, it's for most people in Saudi Arabia, they're just seeing that the downfall of Christianity and proof that the Christian nations are on a downfall when it comes to morality and from uh, uh, holding to their uh, belief system. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe that uh, quite a few... A big percentage of the population in the U.S. Uh, thought that uh, the uh, Judgment Day was coming within their uh, lifetime. I heard like yeah. a, a couple of months ago. Do you think that's a sign? That yeah. <laughs> Do you think that uh, the ordaining of uh, women as bishops is is a sign of that? Me? Well, I, no. I, I sorry. I, I was going to Jeff. <laughs> I was trying to do a subtle transition there. You ruined it. <laughs> well done. Um, I uh, I think you guys could probably predict my response to that is I, I you know I think that that's ridiculous and I think uh, you know I of think wh whomever whomever wants to uh, practice their religion however they choose should be allowed to that's that's my position but um, it is fascinating to see it happening and it seems that these two things are happening in parallel and and they're both uh, as I think Turkey was kind of pointing out they're both uh, different prongs of the same fork, you know. They're they're uh, women and and gays. It's 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 uh, challenging the established structure of the church, and uh, I kind of view it as an inevitable tide that's going to that's uh, no matter what happens, this kind of progress will 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 take over. But um, you know. but how, how how did the the news report on it, and and uh, more importantly, how did the uh, uh, religious authorities in in uh, the US uh, report on it if at all well the, I haven't seen a lot of coverage of it I, I've um, but that may be where I'm looking um, mm. it, you know it's it's interesting that it's it's being covered as a uh, definitely as a crisis in the church and um, I think that religious I don't read a lot of religious press but I, I can only imagine that um, well, perhaps I, I shouldn't speculate, but the stuff that I have read, it, it's it's t discussing it very much in the same vein, and and I think that's almost encouraging that the idea of of women attempting to become bishops and the idea of homosexuals uh, trying to be 
a part of the church is is discussed in the same sort of equal opportunity light. And, oh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, it would be a completely different story if if the Pope came out and said something. You know, it's it's a it's a whole another bag of worms. The Anglican Anglican Church is is very large, clearly, but mm. it would be uh, you know a whole different story if it was if it was the Vatican making a yeah. stand on this or or having the same ki- type of crisis. You know, of course, yeah. Okay, let's uh, move to uh, one short story, just to know if you've heard of it um, before we go to our last uh, international story. Um, the uh, arrest of Rodovan Karadzic, um, who was one of the war criminals of the Bosnian uh, War, uh, who was still at large. He was one of the lieutenants of um, Slobodan Milosevic, and he was mm. arrested uh, w- less than a week ago. Just want to know if you've heard of it. Well, in France, it was uh, seen as a relief, obviously. Uh, everyone was happy about it. Serbians weren't so happy. They were sort of protecting it, and his arrest was made possible by a change of government, or at least a lot of people believe that. Um, so in France, it was, uh, people were relieved. But just to know how, how uh, you heard about it in your countries. Well, and uh, basically, uh, I'm surprised they even caught him. I saw the pictures. There's no way I would have known that's the same person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and he has been living a normal life. And when it comes to Serbia, Serbians are divided. The extremists and, uh, are, are against it. The liberals and uh, Western yeah. Serbians are supporting it. So it's a big thing. And it is covered internationally. Also in Saudi Arabia, it's been a big deal because, after all, he is accused of killing, uh, I don't remember what was it, I think 8,000 Muslims yeah. in, in that small town. So, so it's it been was, big news. It, w- it was reported on especially because he, uh, he killed, uh, he, he murdered uh, X thousands of uh, Muslims. You think uh, it would have been re- reported on as much if he didn't? No, it would be, have been reported as the same thing. It's just that uh, the uh, war crime tribunal is a big deal because it does affect right. everybody internationally, especially now when this accusation of the president of Sudan of mm. war crimes in Darfur. Yeah. Uh, um, I find it interesting fr- from uh, what I've heard is, <laughs> and again, it's, it's a little embarrassing, but it's, you know, it's from the American coverage of it, it's basically a numbers game. It's... How high was he on the most wanted list? That's what we get. Oh, that's is, interesting. You know, we caught we caught number X on the uh, on how wanted he was. <laughs> so let's see you get the number one in the terrorist and Qaeda. Then you can yeah. start saying numbers. <laughs> I, I'm how right high there with you, was man. he? I wish I remembered. I, I'd heard it on the on the radio, but I I didn't pay attention enough to, uh, to the think, number. I, think, I found it interesting. Uh, so it's a little bit of our cowboy coverage, you know. It's like yeah. we we. We bagged ourselves number whatever of of. Did anyone get a cookie because they got him? Or um? <laughs> I'm hoping I get I get some cookies. I'm, I'm getting kind of <laughs> hungry. I'd love a cookie. <laughs> uh, okay, last topic for our uh, international segment is the departure of Bill Gates, more or less, from Microsoft. Um, I was interesting interested to talk about that with you guys because. Again, in France, we can't do anything like everyone else. Uh, Bill Gates is seen as sort of a dirty capitalist. You know, he's that evil guy inside his tower who was making money off everyone's back, and he was unfair and unjust. And he even still, even still, even after all of his um, humanitarian you know what? efforts, y- still, yeah, yeah. It's sad to say so, but uh, it. it 
okay, French people are, as I was saying, Sarkozy, who is online with Obama, more or less, is seen as, an, as a fairly right-wing person. So we mm -hmm. are socialists in France. A at, by and large, we are socialists. So we have that stigma of the guy who makes money. We don't like money. Hey, that, that, <laughs> that's the, 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 the title for the episode right there. French wait, people don't wait, like money. <laughs> French don't like money? Yes. Are we talking about the same people? Yes, with, with, absolutely. With all no. of those designers and the fashion okay. shows and let all me, of those cards. Let me clarify. <laughs> let me clarify. Um, if you have money in France, you don't show it. And you're not very proud of it. You, you, you know, people who have money, it's sort of suspicious. Like, have you ever been to Cannes? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I live like 200 meters away from the Arc de Triomphe and I'm on the Champs-Élysées every day almost. You don't, you so. don't, you don't, uh, Patrick, you don't work that stuff on me. I've been to France. You don't work that stuff on me. I, I, would, just like, <laughs> I would just like to say if there are any French listeners who uh, are embarrassed of their money, you're more than welcome to send it to me. I will, hey, I will, hey, selflessly, hey. I will selflessly take it off your hands for you. I would help fine. you. I have no problem helping hey. out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll forward you the the emails. Um, uh, but you. no, seriously, it's it, it is it is seen as something suspicious. Someone who is rich is going to be looked at with envy that sorts of transforms into uh, hatred a little bit. Um, so it's def we definitely don't celebrate our successful businessmen as much as you would in the U.S. And in that regard, Bill Gates, who is the richest man in the world... Uh, so, okay, to, to give you a, a sort of an idea of how we see all right, him... Patrick, Patrick, first of all, yeah. he's not the richest man in the world anymore. He's the third okay, richest man Okay, in the world. okay, but you, you, you get what I mean. You know, he's that uh, yeah, image... Yeah, and, and, and the problem is when you're saying that, actually, even in the U.S., trust me, he's very hated by a majority of Americans, even in this country, it's all about envy. Everybody's just envious of him. And well, only that. Yeah, there's a there's a perception of of him being shrewd and um, ruthless that I think is yeah, you know, and, and he certainly and unfair. Is, but yeah, yeah. I guess what I was getting at is that even now, you you asked me even now that he's doing all that uh, humanitarian work. Uh, a lot of people see this in France as, well, first of all, he has enough money so he can give away a little bit. That's not going to kill him. So it's a way to, you know, justify the fact that we still hate him. Look, I don't and like it. I don't like the guy, but let's be honest. That's that not a little bit that he gave away. He no, gave no, away 90% yeah, exactly. of his fortune. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I, and I... Personally, I don't agree with that view in France, and it might start, it's starting to change a little bit, but by and large, it's still a dominant view that, um, and also the other way that people see it is, well, he's trying to, to do this to alleviate his image as a horrible tyrant and to make himself feel better. So, anyway, that's the way we see him. I don't subscribe to that view, but well, that's the way I, we, I think we that see him. It, even if his motive is is that is is that he doesn't want to feel as much like a tyrant, I think the end result is is fine by me. I think that yeah. that kind of incredible wealth being put to that kind of purpose is uh, is is laudable. And uh, um, you know, I, I, 
say what you want about the about the guy and how he how he made the fortune, what he's doing with it. I think I, I'm rather he have it and do that with it than a lot of other people have it. Well, personally, it. I think I think we owe his wife for his charitable side because he didn't start doing charity until he got married. So we owe Maybe. her that. Maybe. But you but know, still- another another thing is that I kind of think his quote unquote departure from Microsoft is semantic. You know, I, oh, I don't think that guy is really overpaid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's still on yeah, the board yeah. of directors, right? Yeah, he's still right. there. Yeah, he is a member of the board of directors, so he's still yeah. there. It's just he won't be influencing day to day actions. That's yeah. all. But he would still be there, and his influence will still be there. Well, I think I can't Microsoft- imagine that. Go ahead. Uh, I think Microsoft as a company needed a change of image, and that's part of that change a little bit. I, I think that if you see anything happen with that company that that in a, in a majorly negative way, he'll be right back there. I, I don't think he'll let his baby wither on the vine uh, for lack of uh, involvement if, if it comes to that. Possible, yeah. Okay, so I guess that's going to conclude our interna- uh, international segment, and we are going to dive into our local stories right now. Okay, first uh, I'm going to let uh, Turkey start us off. Um, Any uh, juicy uh, stories from Saudi Arabia? Well, uh, I'm going to make it an Arabic section. So I'm going to get something Arab world in general. So I think the biggest news at the moment when uh, I'm I'm not going to talk politics in this. So it's going to be social news, basically. The biggest news in our world right now is the death of uh, a, a director, Egyptian yeah. director, Yusuf Shaheen. He's the one of the greatest directors in uh, the Arab uh, world. And uh, I'm not a big fan of his, but he's something like... Uh, um, Come on, help me out, guys. Who's the Go- famous uh, American director? Oh, Steven Spielberg. Scorsese, Spielberg. No, no, the weird stuff. The the skinny <laughs> oh. guy. Oh, the skinny oh. Guy. Woody Allen. Woody yeah. Allen. Yeah, he's the Woody Allen of the Arab world. Okay. Oh, so he, yeah, so he just died yesterday, hmm. and it's uh, and they just buried him today. So it's a big deal. Uh, he's one of the greatest directors in uh, in our world. So that's one news. The other news we got uh, in Saudi Arabia. Apparently, they got uh, caught two guys, apparently who were trying to hook up other men in a shopping mall. Hook up? You mean like uh, trying to get them to date or to yeah. have sex or yeah, sex prostitution. Oh, prostitution. Okay. Wow. I guess yeah. that didn't go over so well with the yeah. uh, two homosexuals trying to sell themselves as prostitutes. So are they, are they still alive? <laughs> they were just caught, so it's they're in jail right now. So, so we'll what's going to happen to them? Well, unless they pull back their uh, confessions, they might end up being killed. But if they take their confessions back, they don't have enough evidence to put them on the death penalty, but they might have end, end up in jail and maybe yeah. some lashes. Right. So, so yeah, I, I doubt... I, I remember I doubt, the lashes stories from two episodes yeah. ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, d- I doubt they're going to get the death penalty because there's not enough evidence, and I don't think the guys would stick their, to their confession. They'll take it back, so... Okay. Well, if, if you're going to get sentenced to the death penalty, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, there's a very uh, humane uh, story from Iraq. 
there's this uh, guy whose name is Abu Aisha. He's an ex-officer uh, in the Iraqi army who felt the need of his people in his neighborhood that there wasn't in a, there was a lot of fighting there. So he turned his car, his personal car, into an ambulance car where he uses donations from other people in the neighborhood and he f drives at night with a special permission and tries to save people and take them to the hospital and provide free medication and stuff like that. So I think that's a very inspiring story from Iraq. He's a superhero. Yeah. He is he is a superhero. He he he's doing it all by himself. Amazing. He he uses his own money, his own car. He painted his car. He works sacrificing his own life and some people saw him and decided to help him out by giving some donations and he just gives out medication. He has his medication in his car. He gives it free for the needy. He goes in the middle of the night even under uh curfew, drives all the way to help people when they're needed. Wow, it's amazing. Amazing. Um, just want to go back for a second to the uh, Yusuf Shaheen story. Uh, we were saying just before, uh, Jeff, that uh, we you don't get a lot of uh, news on the cultural front from the rest of the world. Did you even right. hear about that story? No, and and I'm um, sad to say that I I don't know the name. I, I've never heard of him, so I'm, you know. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I actually haven't seen any of his movies either, I think, but uh, he's definitely well-known in, uh, in France also. Mm. Um, and also, I, I'm curious, um, Turkey, you didn't mention the bombings in uh, Iraq and uh, Turkey and India. Uh, I, I, I know it's not Saudi Arabia, but uh, Iraq is definitely an, an Arab country, so... Yeah, as I said, I didn't want to go into politics or stuff okay. like that. I just wanted to stay on the social side because I thought we discussed most already had too much politics in the beginning. You're so. definitely <laughs> right. Um, okay, Jeff, should you go next or should I? Oh, uh, um, you, you feel free. Go, go right ahead. Okay. So the big story, which is sort of international too, is the uh, liberation of uh, Ingrid Betancourt. Who is uh, um, uh, who was a hostage at in Colombia for six years? If I'm not mistaken, I'm sure Amazing. Turkey will jump in and say that it was uh, seven years and not six, uh, and I was wrong <laughs> again. But uh, <laughs> um, <I'm> six, <laughs> yeah, it was six, I think. But uh, yeah, so she was freed, and I think the next day she appeared at the uh, and did a speech, and the day after that she did another speech, and she started. Um, working basically to uh, help her fellow hostages uh, who were still there and uh, sort of got into a political campaign the next day. And she has been a hostage for six years. It was a, an incredible ordeal. And uh, that, made, that really made uh, a huge uh, part of the news uh, early in the month. Uh, Isn't that just the most inspiring, incredible thing you've heard? Yeah. I, I find that story uh, to be fascinating and inspiring on every level. I mean, the fact that her children... You know, haven't seen her for six years, and 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 here she comes out, and and in immediately makes it her life goal to you know yeah. to dis, dis, disband FARC and, and create yeah. some kind of get the rest of the people who are still there out. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and she yeah, jumped in. I, I, I want I won't comment on this because I'm going to have a sarcastic opinion on this. Uh, you're part. sarcastic on everything, Turkey. <laughs> What's your sarcastic perspective? Let me know. I'd like to know. My sarcastic perspective, she's been away for six years or seven years, and, and, the, and then she goes to politics. Her actions should be her family first, 
I, I can see a person oh, getting out of there and just ignoring his their own family and just going to politics. Oh, and to I be honest, I think that is extraordinarily cynical. I, I think it, I think it, when if you know that there are people who are in the same situation as you and that's, you, that's the, you've no, been freed see, from that situation, that's, 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 what that's, kind of that's, responsibility that's, you have? That, that's the problem. There's there's a lot of people in jails. There are a lot of people who are kidnapped. They're all around the world. It's just we get to one person free, and then we concentrate on that person. Then we concentrate on those people, and we forget everybody else in the rest of the world. But well, that's exactly what she, she's trying to do. Yeah. She's trying to keep that, that, have that attention that she's gotten right now, and and use it, focus it on the people who haven't been freed. I think that that is the politics of it. Here's 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 my final point on this. Okay. My decision on it would come down to how if she's going to write a book. If she writes a book, then she's going to lose everything about me. She's uh, going to write a book, it, of course. If she writes a book, then it's all about money. Well, if because you... that's uh, that's my point of view. If she wants to write a book, she should. If she makes the book, all the all the sales go to charity or an organization to help those people. Yeah, then she's serious about it. If she writes a book and all the money goes to her, no offense, that's all it's about. So, will you come back if she writes a book and puts all the proceeds to to uh, charity? Will you come back and? Uh, publicly apologize for your cynicism towards her yes yes okay. i would completely apologize <laughs> i have no problem with that because then i would have respect for her but until i see that i would question everything she does because to be honest okay. i've seen it a lot happen well she is on a, on a political path in uh, colombia too so i don't know if she's going to go back but uh there's she's definitely uh, she was on that path uh, before her uh uh becoming an, a hostage um, but so I just I find I find it hard to believe that she, you know you, she gets rescued and wakes up the next day and goes, how can I make money on this? I th I think she wakes up the next day and goes, oh my god, there are people who are still there. I was fortunate enough to get out. How can I use any um, any breath that I have in myself well, Jeff, to help Jeff, them? Jeff, trust me, there are people like that. I've seen it in my own eyes. It happens sure. all the time. So trust me, there are people like that. That's why I'm so cynical about this. So until I see it. I can't. I have to be cynical. Well, oh, well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I guess I, I would. I would agree with uh, a little bit with Jeff. I think it's a, definitely a cynical way of seeing it. But uh, you never know. Maybe she's gonna use all that. Well, I guess my point would be if she uses it to actually, if she if she uses her, her hostage powers for good, and for advancing her career then she's still going to be using it for good and for making, you know, trying to get attention on that issue. So it's like uh, Bill Gates, who cares how he does it, he's still doing it. Yeah. Uh, my but, other, uh, you know, yeah. just a, a side note on that story is, uh -huh. have you heard uh, the details of how that rescue even happened? I've, I found it strangely um, unexplained. Have, have yeah, so what happened was um, they got uh, the Colombian, uh, Colombian army to masquerade as members of the FARC and get into the, the campment where she was kept uh, on a helicopter. They took over the helicopter and went there when a transfer was scheduled. And when people Amazing. got the got her and two other hostages in the helicopter, um, the the chief of the army I don't know what uh, uh, what was his rank but he told her he, she saw the her uh, the guy who was keeping her tied in the helicopter and he told her madam this is the uh, Colombian army you are free and the helicopter took off so that's the story wow 
Maybe wow. she's going to make a movie out to... of it. Wow. Yeah, you're not helping me out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you heard about it, too, in, in the U.S., Jeff? Oh, yes. It was, it was huge news here, yeah. I, I heard a lot about it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't hear those details of the rescue. because The first few days after it happened, there was, they hadn't explained. I heard that there was no, no bloodshed, but I, yeah. I didn't hear how they, exactly they did it. Okay, another big story was the reform in France was the reform of the constitution, um, where which was passed by two votes. They needed uh, three fifths of the of the houses, and they got th two extra votes uh, from the majority of the three fifths. Um, and the basically the left voted against uh, that uh, reform. And what I, I personally have a hard time understanding is the fact that uh, they kept saying that the reform is bad for the country and it transfers some of the power from the uh, prime minister to the house, which is in turn uh, transferred to the president because the house is renewed at the same time as the president now with the new calendar. But the left changed the calendar to do that, uh, th to change those elections. So. I kept reading the major uh, 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 changes that that reform would get give us, and I don't really see how it enforces the president's power. And I keep asking people about that, and the media doesn't really report on that all that much. They only report on how who uh, voted where and how. So um, yeah, that, that, that I think that doesn't. Uh, maybe I'm not being very clear, but it was a huge story, and and the constitution has been reformed uh, at, with the project of uh, our current uh, administration. Uh, did did you guys even hear about that, or that's that wasn't on your radar? It wasn't on my radar. I, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, that's first time I ever heard about it. Uh, not, <laughs> not, neither neither international news sources, Arabic, <laughs> English, American. Okay. Nobody ever mentioned anything. About okay, that. so uh, basically, we were the only people who cared about our constitution. <laughs> um, but yeah, th there were a couple of things like uh, the limiting of two terms uh, per. For the president, it wasn't limited before. Um, the House can now block uh, president's nominees to important uh, posts. Uh, that's a, a big power that the House now has. Uh, a very discussed topic was the fact that the president can now speak before uh, the the House, the senators and the the congressmen. And that was very highly debated because they said it's an intrusion in the independence of the House which, you know, of the legislative uh, body, which I guess maybe, but he's going to sp go speak before them, and he does that in other countries also. So anyway, I, I didn't understand why, why they were all that angry, and uh, maybe it's because I'm more of a, a right-wing person in France, which means not very right-wing on a world scale, but I think it was very cynical of the left to be so much against it. Anyway, last thing from France is that we are entering the uh, uh, summer holiday, and I, in France, when it's summer holiday, the whole con the whole country is on holiday for a month between the uh, July fifteenth and August fifteenth, because we have five weeks of paid holidays uh, in France. And I wanted wow. to know how if that's uh, if that happens in summer for you guys also. Only if, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sounds wonderful, though. Uh, do you guys have uh, three weeks of pay ho paid holidays, right, in the in the U.S. I think it varies from from job to job, but yeah, we don't. I, I usually you're lucky to get get that. 
<laughs> so do you, do you don't have like uh, summer is holiday time and everyone leaves? Uh, you do as a as a student, uh, and you do at, you know uh, if you te the teachers and the and the universities all kind of work that way. But um, and you know people people vacation in the summer, but there isn't a long period of time where okay. people are taking off. Usually, you get a week or two at the most. Because in France, the country stops in summer; nothing wow. happens. That's you wow. know, sometimes very frustrating. But um. <laughs> how about Saudi uh, Arabia? Same thing, complete stuff. So keep in mind, and you never want to do to do anything in August in Riyadh, especially in Saudi Arabia in general. How, how hot is it? Forty-five degrees centigrade. That's about what one twenty degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah! Wow. <laughs> But don't you have uh, don't you have uh, air conditioning everywhere? That's the only thing that's making us survive there. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to. We 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 thank God every day for the guy who invented air condition. We should put a, a monument for him. <laughs> that's great. Well, that that's coming soon in in Riyadh. The monument <laughs> to the guy who invented air conditioning. Okay, that was my last story for friends. Do you have any, uh, Jeff? Or well, I, I have to admit that my last two weeks of life have been um, knee deep in stuff for my show, and that that's mostly uh, cultural stuff. We had uh, the big. E3 trade show in Los Angeles that was um, that was uh, all video games, all the new video games for the next year and uh, this last week weekend. You see was, Patrick, uh, he's imposing his American culture on us. <laughs> see it right yes. now. Well, exactly. I see that and what I say is you lucky lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got back from uh, Comic-Con, the big uh, San Diego International Comic-Con that um, is is a incredibly large event uh, well, people coming from all around dressing up and, and everything so that that's what my where my head has been the last two weeks lucky you I wanted to go there you're <laughs> a lucky guy it's so a blast it, I recommend it yeah it started <laughs> as as a comic uh, uh, conference of course but now it co it covers all uh, things cultural uh, well maybe geek cultural I guess Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's yes, a lot of yeah. games, a lot of movies, a lot of <laughs> comics, a lot of yeah, anime. TV. Everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So does does it get? I, I guess. Well, I, I monitor the internet a lot, obviously. So my world was filled with uh, Comic Con and E3 news, uh, also. Um, Uh, but I wonder if it's covered in the mainstream press in the U.S. Because here, you don't really hear about it at all. In, in either one of them, you, you don't really know that they exist in France. I think the mainstream press covers it in a distancing kind of, look what those crazy nerds are doing. You know, yeah. look what, look at all, it's the spectacle of it that they cover and uh, yeah. the, the fact that all the stars are there and the, and also all of the people who dress up funny <laughs> and look how weird and different they all are. But isn't so, Jeff, come on, let's, let's hear the top three things you think that are the best thing about Comic-Con and E3. Well, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I uh, was very excited to hear we're going to get Tron 2. I don't know if you guys are fans of Tron. Yeah, I know Tron. I know Tron. I, I saw Tron 2. I, I did saw you the, see trailer. the trailer? Yeah, I saw the trailer and I went back and rewatched Tron 1. Uh, which oh, does I it hold Twittered up for you? About. Yeah, you know, surprisingly. I mean, I watched uh, Batman, uh, the Tim Burton's uh, Batman, uh, a couple of days before that, and it was huh. horrible. It, it, it really didn't stand the test of time. Tron... Huh. It's surprisingly good, e even today. I mean, well, tacky, that's, that's obviously, great. but yeah. 
I'm very excited about that personally. Yeah. I think having Jeff Bridges back is going to be a, a big deal. <laughs> okay, um, so that's one. And then, and then Watchmen, of course, the big uh, famous graphic novel from Alan Moore that's going to become a movie from the same director that did 300. It's fascinating and brilliantly written and really pertinent to what's happening in the world today, I would say. It's, it's a great piece mm -hmm. of uh, fiction. I, I, well, I, I love I, it. I think Zack Snyder is... Uh, I would think he would make uh, something really interesting, but d did you think it held, it hold, uh, it held up to what the, the graphic novel is but what you, by what you saw? Or? Everything I've seen so far is, is, has me very encouraged that that's the case. I, I'm okay. very excited for the, for the movie. I think it's going to be... He, he clearly loves the, the comic and has a reverence for it, so if that oh. comes across in the film, I will be very happy. Did you see the comic uh, turned into a TV show on iTunes? Which one? Oh yes, no, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. The the yeah. the motion comic they're calling it, I think. Yeah, right? the motion comic. Yeah, exactly, yeah. motion comic. It's for the Watchmen. So it's really interesting. It's basically the comic book, but they're they're bringing the graphics, making a little movement in it, and uh, putting voice acting. Okay, that's awesome. Well, I, I haven't had a chance out. to see that yet. Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah. And number three? Oh, number three. Number three, I would just put all the video games that I saw, I'll cram them all into number three. I think this, this coming year for video games is going to be really exciting. There's a lot of pushing the envelope type of stuff, you know, from Fallout 3 and uh, some of the retro stuff like Street Fighter 4. And, and, Ooh, Street uh, Fighter 4. Yeah, and a new Resident Evil's coming. It's it's going to be a very exciting year, I think. Okay. Hey, talking about video games, uh, you were saying that the mainstream media just goes to it for the funny people who dress in funny, you know, clothes and stuff. Uh, isn't it this weird though? Because isn't the video games industry at least as big as the movie industry today, if not bigger? And I heard recently is. that I heard recently that gamers today are uh, the 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 average age is around 32 i think the the mm -hmm. latest number um, i i think that the whole industry the whole entertainment industry movies video games everything is waking up to the fact uh of the thing that we say on my show all the time that nerd is the new cool i, I think that that is the case it is it is we're proving to be very much mainstream and i think that these kind of old media uh terrestrial tv and radio um outlets are behind the times when they when they treat treat that subject matter with that kind of um, disdain and 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 the fact that when they make fun of people for dressing up like that they they're missing the fact that that's the future that's not yeah. that's not the uh, that's not the weird thing that's that's on the on the periphery that's that really is where the mainstream is headed it's it's that kind of I mean you look at the Dark Knight movie and how much money it's made uh, worldwide yeah. already and th I mean that's that's a rabid desire for that kind of entertainment yeah, and I think absolutely. that I think that's where mainstream is going okay anything else Jeff you want to add or should we move on to the next topic I think the next topic would be great okay so well it's actually the next segment which will conclude our show uh, and it's uh, and now for something completely different So in this topic, uh, I think we're going to have only one story because we're running a little bit uh, long now. Um, and I have one. You're going to tell me if you have a better one, and we'll go to that one also. But I think this one is pretty great. It's about um, tobacco and cigarettes and uh, Holland. 
can you guys uh, guess what this is about? What, the no. fact that they allow uh, smoking hashish and having drugs, but they're not allowed to smoke inside a building? Right. Well, the thing is, now they're not allowed to, to have uh, cigarettes at all, um, but they are still allowed to smoke hashish, which means in the coffee shops, you can get uh, hashish, pure hashish cigarettes, I guess, theoretically, but you can't get tobacco inside your hashish cigarettes, which is completely ridiculous obviously i hadn't heard about that but that is that is hilarious i i what how did that happen <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's a, it's a trend in in the whole world i think that you're not allowed to to smoke indoors anymore um yeah but hashish is not tobacco so legally you're allowed to smoke hashish in in uh in holland so wow. coffee shops i don't know what's going to happen i don't know what they're going to do because you obviously can have your your customers smoke pure hashish so <laughs> I don't, that, well, that, I, that would I guess be it's really safer funny for you yeah, uh, yeah. You, want, you, you want something even better than that Go ahead. apparently the the biggest tv show right now is something like a soap opera it's a turkish soap opera that is uh, trans uh, dubbed in Arabic, and it's resulting. You're talking in, about Saudi Arabia, yeah, Saudi Arabia yeah. and the Arab world in general. Okay, it's resulting in about maybe at least the last count I had that just came in the newspaper. There were at least sixty divorces thanks to this show. What? What's this show about? It's a romantic story about a guy and a girl. It's a Turkish story, so it has some Arabic influence into it and cultural influence. Then it's dubbed into Arabic, and people and the women are going crazy about the hero of the story <laughs> in our world. And it's so hilarious. There's one, one woman was sitting in front of the TV, her husband sitting beside him, and she looks at the TV and she said, Man, what I would give just to spend one day with him, with that guy. And her husband just divorced her on the spot. You can go to him right now if you want. 60 divorces. And we thought that, that we divorced for no good reason and we didn't make enough efforts. <laughs> and now and now it's so popular girls now they they, they have so many clothes uh, the hairstyles and things all named after the characters of this sh of this show wow hey you know jeff we were saying before that uh the the american culture was uh uh yeah. futile and mundane and uh, but look at that that tv show is well, it's having a real that, uh, is that our influence uh, with its you know long tendrils out yeah. there? Or, well, or well, that, well, come on, come on, known. come on. Let's 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 excuse the women in the Arab world. After all, they are married to Arab men who almost have nothing to do with romance. Yeah. Right. Of they course. look at that show and they go, "That's possible." <laughs> <laughs> hey, but do, do you think? Do you think uh, seriously it could go as far as to change? some of the minds of the people in the Arab world where, where, when they see that show and think, hey, that, that could happen to me. I want Well, that. yeah. Women, of course, always. Women yeah, course. are always romantic. They always expect romance. And when they see something, they see it so romantic, they do become jealous that they're not getting the same treatment. Um, okay, I would like to discuss that for a long time because it, I think under the cover of a, of a silly story, it has actually a very uh, interesting underpinning. Uh, but um, I you think we're going to go... do a whole show on yes, that topic. absolutely. <laughs> Divorcing because of TV shows and what other things you do about uh, because of TV shows and uh, stuff like that would be fascinating. But 
if you want uh, more of uh, stuff, silly things you do because of TV shows and other uh, major cultural uh, items, you can go to Jeff's show, which is uh, the Totally Rad Show uh, at uh, Revision 3. What, what's the name of the site again, Jeff? Well, we, we have, you can go to totallyradshow.com or revision3.com. Uh, either way, you can find us. We're, we're out there. And uh, I have gone on record on uh, several shows now um, saying that I officially like uh, TRS better than Dignation. And I caught <laughs> a lot of flack for that. A lot of well, I'll defend you. Happy. I'm not on Dignation. So, you know, <laughs> Alex might disagree, but I, I appreciate the, the sentiment. Yeah, uh, Alex Albrecht from uh, Dignation is also on the Totally Red Show. So if you like uh, Dignation or Alex Albrecht or anything cool, really, anything rad, you should go there and watch the show. I definitely uh, recommend it to anyone. So thanks a lot, Jeff, for being here today. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, Turkey, of course, is at Uh If you want to hear about everyday life and uh, news from the Arab world, uh, you can go there and listen to his fantastic podcast. Thanks a lot, yeah. Turkey, for being here uh, again. Thank you very much. And a couple of things I wanted to add before I close the show off and I forgot to, to talk about during the recording yesterday um, is that, um, well, first of all, if you enjoy the show and you have a couple of minutes to waste, you could go to iTunes and uh, leave a review for the show, which would help us promote it and bring new people uh, in our audience. That would be fantastic. Uh, second thing, if you like our witty banter, you might also enjoy some of my other shows, mainly WoW uh, podcast, Warcraft-related podcasts. You can find uh, links to all of those at frenchspin.com. Uh, and uh, you will also find a link to my Twitter page there. I can tell you right now my uh, nickname on Twitter is NotPatrick, so you can add me if you are a user and you want to hear more of my silly uh, comments on pretty much everything. And uh, lastly, if you are uh, a listener from uh, East Asia or Africa, I might be interested uh, in talking with you because I, I'm looking for more panelists from those regions. I think uh, the Middle East and uh, the US and Europe are great, but uh, if you're from somewhere else and you think you might have something to contribute to the show, um, please send me an email. Uh, so that's it. I hope you all have a wonderful month of August and I will talk to you again in a few weeks. Show at the moment. I actually have another show, but it's in Arabic. It's about it's a Mac show. Oh, a Mac show. Oh, you're a Mac yeah. guy. Oh, of course. I'm a Mac person. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Windows Mac. guy. No, 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 no. My, my God is Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no so, wonder you were so anti-Bill. <laughs> <laughs>